We're a unique podcast for families of faith, produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm your host, Pastor Brad Mathias, and I'm here with my sidekick, Robert Beeson. Hey, and thanks for that. Yeah, sidekick. Robert is uh, like one of the most creative geniuses in Nashville. I don't know if people in our audience know that, but he's also my partner at iShine and uh, an author himself. He's a prolific creator, and it's through Robert that our guest today was introduced to the show. And um, he uh, brought to me this summer a friend of his that helped him in a writing endeavor. And uh, this author was a pastor as well as a friend to Robert. And he uh, brought to to my attention this idea that there's someone out there who is prolific in a variety of different topics, uh, an expert, if you will, of all things church-related. And so I was excited to meet this man. And when I did, I, I found a kindred spirit and I immediately thought of him for this podcast. And so uh, before I introduce our, our guest today, I just want you to know he's written like over 50 books. Um, he I is, think it's more like 75. Yeah. It? So he's 75 books. This is, this is not a guy who casually writes. This is a serious writer. Yep. Uh, he's been in the church. He's been a parent. He's been around the block, as they say. And so I really like his sort of pragmatic style. Right. Like he doesn't uh, fluff it. And he's been a pastor as well as a parent himself. And so he has a very, very well-rounded view of parenting as it relates to the church and um, especially from a, from a Christian perspective. And as we talk about on this podcast, a, um, a post-Christian perspective. Yeah, and he, uh, one of the, I totally agree with that. And one of the things that I love about him is that he'll sort of call a spade a spade. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, will. he just calls it out, like, okay, that. Or if you're writing with him, he'll just say, "No, that sucks. You just, <laughs> you can't say that." I'm just kidding. He doesn't say it. Well, I mean, just in the conversations I've had uh, with him over the last few months, I've noticed that uh, there is an alignment of thinking between you and I and this guest. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of the opinions that are expressed on, on Brilliantly Brave are sort of the, the guest's own opinion. In this case, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we we most likely are going to heartily uh, agree with this guest today. And so without any further ado, I want to introduce our friend and fellow author, Robert Noland. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here. It's time. It's time for you to join us in the podcast world. And uh, as we prep for this interview today, uh, you mentioned several different topics that God had put on your heart. And instead of me just questioning you, because you are an author with so much background, I'm going to let you lead to us uh, what you think maybe our audience needs to hear. Well, um, I think I would start off by saying that uh, my focal ministry is men's ministry and has, has been since 2009 and, and going out and speaking, doing conferences, things like that. 
the the very first thing I say in any men's event that I speak at or my own conference is whenever anyone looks at someone up on a stage or they hear someone on a podcast or whatever, we immediately assume they're getting to do that. They're in that platform because they're an expert. <laughs> and the first thing that I always say is, gentlemen, I am no expert. Just ask my wife. She can, she can, she can back me up on that. And I would say that as far as parenting goes, um, the only experts that I've ever met are single people who have no children. Uh, that tends to be the best <laughs> the expert because they tell you exactly how they're going to do it and it's always a perfect world and this is exactly how we're going to do it and then meet them when they have a two-year-old screaming right around the house and you'll see that, well, that, that didn't work very long. So, uh, I, But I do think that, that one of the things we can decide on and, and as early as you do this, it's, it's good, is just to say, you know what? I'm not an expert on parenting. I'm not an expert on childhood development, but I can become an expert on my child. And then you can become an expert on every one of your children. Now, it doesn't mean you always know exactly what to do. That's another thing is we're, we're not always going to know that. But Jesus does. And so that's why it's great to involve him in your parenting because he does know what to do. But I think d learning your kids individually, becoming experts on their behaviors, on their personalities, their needs, their wants. And, I, you know, one thing we see a lot is a parent will develop a style and they'll say, this is my parenting style. And then they'll try to blanket that on every child. And mm. that just doesn't work any more than if you're an employer, you know that your, your employees don't respond to everything in the same way. If you're a pastor, you know that all your, your people in your church don't respond exactly the same way whenever you, you do something or you, you uh, teach something or whatever. The same thing with your kids. They're going to have different responses. They're going to have different needs and desires and wants. And, and we have to allow for that. And so I really believe in custom ministry, not compromising ministry, mm. um, I think there's a difference. I think if you have a value, you have a principle, stick to it and don't compromise it. But you've got to customize those things to your kids. Well, I, I think that's, that's a great distinction. Yeah. Yeah, not being absolutely. Like you can be a parenting expert and, and or a lot of people claim to that they have books about being a parenting expert. Sure. But, and some are. <laughs> sure. But I think what, what I'm hearing you say, and that I think is an incredible distinction, is you can become an expert on, on your specific child. In fact, it would like be to the detriment of the family if you thought the pursuit was just being a blanket parenting right. expert. Exactly. So yeah. in your home, some practical idea. How, how did you become an expert specifically on your, on your son's? Well, my sons would probably argue that I'm an expert on them, uh, first of all. But I have two adult sons, one that's 26 and one that's 22 now. And so, um, but, you know, they still look to me to be dad and everything in, the, in their lives and come to me with various things. And I think early on, you began to see that, first of all, we had two and they were extremely different. One was a little, mostly me with a little of mom. The other one was mostly mom as far as personality with a little of me. And so you see all this mixture in there, but they would respond completely different. I, the our first child was an introvert. Second child was an extrovert. Expecting them to act the same always mm. was just not even possible. Demanding the, the same thing out of the second child that we demanded out of the first child and vice versa just didn't work. And so you, we just quickly began to see, okay, in order to uh, parent these guys the way the Lord would, and you think about it, when he was dealing with his disciples and you read the Gospels, he dealt differently with different disciples. He challenged them on different mm -hmm. levels. Same thing with one. Um, you just, with our kids, is, is we just learned that how they're disciplined, how they're challenged, how we communicate to them, how long we communicate to them, how much we reason with them. All of those things are, uh, are, are really, really valid. And our second child, who's the extrovert, who just always happy, never met a stranger, 
his second grade teacher pulled us aside one time and she was a Christian and she really loved us and she loved him. And she said, make sure that throughout his life, nobody squashes that personality. Hmm. Wow. You know, and I'm sitting here telling you 24 years later or whatever it is now, you know, what it was and those kind of things. And she saw something that we needed to know and we, we definitely adhered to. And by the first one being an introvert, second one being an extrovert, we did have to deal differently. Mm. Uh, so the same parenting style uh, just doesn't always work on children and um, and in different children. So. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more after raising three of my own. And yeah. I, I know Robert has six kids in a blended family that there is a danger in oversimplifying the parenting model. Mm-hmm. You can read a book or or get some great uh, seminar information, take that home with you, and, mm-hmm. and then make the mistake of just believing that if you follow this checklist, mm-hmm. uh, voila, mm-hmm. at the end of the 10-year uh, period, you have a kid that, that loves Jesus. Exactly. And it doesn't work that way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the principles are the essentials, and then the application of those principles is an incredibly unique and separate process. Exactly. And you think about our Father, our Heavenly Father, he does not deal with us exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Once we begin a relationship with him, he created us. He knows our needs and he knows what we're, what our desires and our heart is. And he disciplines us differently. He, he never compromised. Like I said earlier, he doesn't compromise ever in his standards and his principles and his word. But he customizes things to our needs and what he knows we need because he's a perfect father. Mm-hmm. So we ought to take a cue from that, I think. That's great. Yeah. One of the things that we had a chance for our audience, the, one of the things we had a chance to work with Robert on this year is a, a new curriculum coming out called the Shock and Awe Curriculum. And it is, a, for the audience, it's a basic apologetics of Christian belief for preteens and teens. And, and you know, in that process of sort of writing out the, the primary points of that study, it was very clear to me that you had a really good grip on how to help kids process doubt. Hmm. And, uh, you know, for parents in the church, especially a, a pastor or someone mm-hmm. who's a leader in ministry in the church, when your preteen or teen comes to you and they're doubting their faith, that can be an incredibly frightening moment. Sure. Yeah. Um, how, what would you say to our audience if that's happened to them recently? Well, uh, first of all, like I said, I've got adult sons in their 20s, and so I wish I would have learned this a long time ago. So if you've got younger children or, or, or kids in grade school, water, please listen up to this, because this is huge. If you're really desiring to be a Christian parent and raise little Jesuses, little little disciples, this is really huge. Um, and I have to give a shout out to uh, my friend and co-writing partner, Randy Frazee who we wrote the Think, Act, Believe Like Jesus book, because actually the, the catalyst of this idea came from Randy, and that is this, that our doubts always start in our mind. And whether it's something that we process or the enemy puts in us or vice or, or both things together and it mixes up, um, we start to have a struggle. We start to have a doubt. Like, does God really exist? Is he really real? Is this Jesus stuff right? Is the Bible correct? And all those kind of questions that we are all going to ask, believers or not believers. And what happens is if we keep those inside our mind and we just don't voice them, we don't let them out, 
um, what's going to happen is we keep hearing them, we keep saying them, we keep asking the questions, and then maybe we start to pick up on information that actually supports that doubt. We make a friend, we, we, we watch a TV show, whatever, we watch a movie, and we see something that supports that doubt, then we've got more feeding into the doubt. So what happens eventually is that doubt starts to creep out of the mind, slowly down the body, and eventually goes into the heart. Mm. Once it sits in the heart for a while, it begins to poison the heart. And the, the cool thing is that God, in between our minds and our hearts, has put this thing called a release valve that some people call a mouth. And if we will let, as that doubt creeps down, if we'll let it come out the mouth instead of going in to poison the heart, we have a real opportunity of, of getting rid of the doubt, maybe solidifying, actually increasing and solidifying and securing our faith. So instead of squelching our kids from saying, oh, don't talk about that, we don't talk about that, we're not equipped for that, let them talk. Just let them say whatever they need to say. And if they discover they can have an open dialogue about their doubts, then I promise they're also going to realize they have an open dialogue about their faith. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really uh, encouraged by that com- those comments because I, I think there is a significant pressure mm-hmm. on people who are pastors mm-hmm. or are ministers in the church or a leader of some kind are perceived mm-hmm. as having their stuff together. Exactly. And uh, there's this pressure that our kids should be exemplary, mm-hmm. that they're the ones everyone else should look to yep. as the example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, th- I really uh, encourage this idea of allowing space in your home mm-hmm. for a teen or a preteen to process. Sure. You know, the, the world that we live in, this post-Christian culture, is uh, rabidly critical. Absolutely. And so, uh, they're going to have to process mm-hmm. what we've taught them mm-hmm. and determine for themselves if that is going to be for them, yep. if they're going to adopt these beliefs mm-hmm. for life. And so, uh, the idea of, of recognizing that this process is normal mm-hmm. and healthy yeah. is really important for a parent today in the church. What encouragement would you give a parent who's in the middle of that struggle and maybe find themselves caught in fear? Mm -hmm. Is it going to work out or are they going to potentially ruin their kid if they allow this? Well, I think fear in us, particularly as parents, creates one of two things, complete silence or total over-communication. We either just shut it down or we eventually freak out and yell. And why do you think this? Why do you believe that? Why are you saying these things? And I think to find a middle ground of just sitting down and saying, hey, look, uh, I want us to begin to learn how to have an open dialogue about faith, about Jesus, about the Bible. And I want you to tell me, like, what do you believe? What have you come to believe? Don't tell me what you think I want you to believe. What do you believe? Start finding out what your kids think and what they believe. And the only way you're going to do that is to let them have a safe environment to say those things. Now, at first, you may get a blank stare. You may, Is this some kind of trick or you want to really ground me here? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but you've got to, you may have to keep at it. You may have to keep asking the question. But getting them to start talking about it. And the, the dinner table is a great place to do that after mm. dinner, I think, is after a casual environment like that to come in and, and, and talk about those things. And like, hey, let's, let's just let's begin to dialogue about that. And then don't come back and refute them. Don't come back and that. But, but begin a conversation. Like none of us want to just be shut down and go, 
well, tell me what you really think. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I really think. Well, that's just stupid and wrong, so don't say that anymore. You know, that, that's, that's very often what can happen, and we can't do that. And, and I'll tell you, I've made a ton of mistakes in this area, definitely. So I'm not speaking out of an expert point. I'm speaking out of, of having to learn the hard way. And so now, as, as opportunities like this come about, I want to share with, with especially parents and younger parents, like, hey, do things that I wish I would have known. Right. And that is yeah. an open dialogue with your kids about the Lord. And don't, I'm just telling you, don't be afraid of it. And if you will pray and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, you know my child's heart, you know my child's mind, you know my child's spirit, you created them. Give me insight into them. Help me understand them. Let them open up. Let your spirit open me up and open them up. And if you'll pray and give that conversation to the Lord, he's going to come and work in it. He wants to do that. Right. And I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't endorse that more heartily as a pastor. I have a question. One of the things that, that you talked about earlier was not – not um, well, customizing your approach, mm-hmm. and so as a parent that may be sitting around a dinner table with multiple kids, yeah, um, have you found it? Uh, there's two two ways to look at this. Have you found it more effective to bring it up in a group setting and like let's talk about our faith, mm-hmm. or individualizing it, like customizing it to that particular person? And and the reason I'm asking is that sometimes when you're just one on one, you and you're mm-hmm. talking about your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it can seem overwhelming for both sides, and so yeah. I'm wondering: yeah. is it an is it an appropriate uh, approach to maybe bring it up in more of a blanket area, as just so this is something that we can start talking about as a family, yeah. and then kind of whittle into um, sure. individual conversations? Do you have a view on what what's the most effective way to make sure you're customizing? At the same time, you know, incorporating everybody. Well, that's a great question, and my answer to that would be: think about a funnel. Hmm. Um, a funnel is really wide at the top. But when it pours down, it gets really specific where it goes. And I think the same thing applies Hmm. with parenting. So you've got however many kids you have, you know, two to six um, in this room right here. And what you can do is start the open dialogue, the process, very general as a family. Hey, let's talk about this. Hey, what do you guys hear? And what do you think? And just Hmm. try to get very generalized questions. But then as your children speak then you can begin to go like, hey, you're putting them to bed at night or you're in their room and you're hanging out or you're playing a video game or whatever it is you're doing. And you go, hey, you know the other day when we were at dinner and you said this, like, hey, I just want to talk to you a little more about that. Like, You said this. like, well, Tell me more about that. What do you think? Yeah. So you do both. You kind of gather it in the general and then you start getting specific with them in your one-on-one time with them. Now, something I want really, really important here to pick up on, this is probably a whole other topic here, but... But if you're going to do the things we've been talking about for the last uh, 20 minutes, Mm. you're going to have to decide you're going to be intentional in your parenting. Mm. It's going to have a desire, a purpose, and a goal. Because to do these things, you can't be too busy. You're going to have to. You're going to have to decide. I'm going to be an intentional parent, and I'm going to go after these things because I want to disciple my kids. Mm. That's really. That's great. That's huge. Yeah, and I think Robert, your question, Robert Beeson, um, the idea of sort of creating the third party. The, the idea of discussing topics without uh, confronting someone exactly. is an important distinction because yeah. a parent in fear will want to resolve their fear. Exactly. Right. Well, I can say, I'm, yeah. for, for me, I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't talked to yeah, yeah, Zoe exactly. about this. And so, <laughs> yeah. Zoe, what do you think about the fundamental whatever? You, you agree know? with me, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And exactly. So a parent will, will often rush through a process that needs to take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's for our well-being. It's for our ease of mind, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily best for our child. Exactly. Yeah, we think about how long Jesus was with his disciples, and then he's sitting around a campfire one night, and he goes, "Hey, 
I'm, I'm hearing what everybody else is saying about me, but who do you guys think I am? Hmm. You think about that question. Right. Yeah. After he'd known him, after they'd known him for a while, and he finally, he waited and to he pop pressing. that question. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he waited to pop that question, though, until he kind of had, they had a read on him. He already knew them, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, that's a wonderful insight, actually, into the gospel. Um, you know, I, I, th- I have the sense that we could talk a long time yeah. with Mr. Noland here. Um, well, I think we should come back for another episode. Yeah, I think so. I think we've got uh, a rich uh, uh, bed of topics here, and uh, there's some wisdom. Uh, there's some experience here that's very helpful. And uh, so we're going to invite you to tune in for a part two of this interview with Robert Nolan. And we are grateful for your time, for your focus, uh, for your willingness uh, to listen to this podcast. So God bless you and tune back in for our part two. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance, all rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. Hi, it's Pastor Brad with Brilliantly Brave Parenting, and I am letting you know about a really awesome podcast. If you are a solo parent or you know someone who's solo parenting right now, have I got a podcast for you. Uh, Dear friend, co-host of our show, and my partner in crime, Robert Beeson has started something really spectacular. Robert's here in the studio. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Brad. So Solo Parent Society podcast is talking to solo parents out there that are doing it alone. We uh, talk to other solo parents that are out there, talk about their struggles and insights that they've come across, as well as experts in the fields that solo parents deal with the most. I was a single parent for eight years, raising three girls. My co-host was a solo parent raising a boy and a girl also for I think about seven years so together we talk about these different topics and we have great guests either solo parents like I said or experts in the field so it's it's new it's authentic it's real it's raw and it's and it's super fun solo parent society podcast brilliantly brave is supporting and encouraging and endorsing what this is and if you want to check it out it's available what on iTunes yeah everywhere that brilliantly brave is awesome thanks